Once there was a silly old app, thought he'd move a rubber tree plant. Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he had high hopes. He had high hopes. He had high apple pie in the sky. Hope so when you start to feel a low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Whoop, there goes another rubber tree. Up there goes another rubber tree. Whoop, there goes another rubber tree. Plant. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Thursday, September 24th, 2020, and you were listening to the great, late Harry Callis in his rendition of High Hopes. That was done at the uh, pep rally in 2007, right after the Phillies had won the 2007 National League East and right before the uh, playoffs with the Colorado Rockies. Boy, could we use that now. <laughs> but uh, I thought I'd kick the show off a little high hopes. Uh, as that's kind of what we're looking at right now when it comes to the 2020 Phillies. So as promised, I am back. Like I said, I'd be. And I am dedicating this show uh, completely to the Philadelphia Phillies and what has been a very interesting uh, short season of 60 games that will be culminating Tomorrow, in a weekend series against the Tampa Bay Rays down there in St. Pete. Um, let's get right into it. You know, the uh, obviously the recap, you know, when we look back on the Philly season, we, we look back at a few different things. The COVID pandemic pretty much started during spring training. They were about two weeks in the spring training when the COVID pandemic started shutting down spring training sites around the country, shutting it all down. Uh, and then baseball pretty much hung in limbo, you know, for the next three, four months. Then we got into the back and forth with the owners and the players association and this and that. I'm not playing for full pay. I'm risking my life, bro. Nonsense. Finally, the, the owners and players got together on the settlement and agreement and the season began in late July. Season was a 60-game season, and it was a regional season. So the NL East played the NL East and the AL East, and then pretty much vice versa down through the league. MLB also authorized an expanded playoffs. Eight, count them, eight teams will qualify for the potential or the possibility to win the World Series starting next week. And this pretty much leads us to what we're talking about here tonight. So the Phillies find themselves with just three games left in their season. They find themselves one game out of one of those two wild card spots. So basically how it breaks down is this. you got your three division leaders. They, they automatically get an obvious, obvious wild card spot. you got your two wild card teams. So that's, that, that's all still the same. But what they've added is they've added a second place from each division. So the second place team from each division also gets a uh, playoff spot for 2020. So the Phillies are right now in a very interesting position. They are uh, one game under 500 at 28-29, one game back of the second wild card that is currently 
held by the uh, 49ers, the Giants, Gabe Kapler-led Giants, and the Cincinnati Reds. They're also tied with the Milwaukee Brewers, though, for pursuit of that final playoff spot. So heading into the final weekend, you got the, the Giants, the Reds, the Phillies, and the Brewers all vying for an opportunity uh, to um, to sneak in as one of those wild cards. Now, the Mets kind of on the outside looking in at three and a half games out. They're pretty much on life support. But that is where we stand with three games left in the Philly season. Now, a lot of people are wondering what has to happen for the Phillies to get in. Well, simply put, they got to win out. I, I mean, you're at a point where now, yeah, you can, you can hope for help. You can hope for, um, you know, the, the Giants and the Reds to have a bad weekend series. But if you win out, if the Phillies win out, they should, should take one of those final wildcard spots. But that's a lot easier said than done. And a little later on here in the pod, I'm going to have Jack Fritz on, and we'll talk in depth about why I think that is a very Herculean task indeed for the Philadelphia Phillies as everything it seems to be for them this season. But that's where we're at with three games left in the Philly season. They're playing the Tampa Bay Rays down there in St. Pete. They are a game out of that of one of those two final wild card spots. They are also, if you want to look at the potential of getting into the um, second place um, opportunity. Now, they are only a half a game behind the, the Miami Marlins for second place in the NL East. So there's an opportunity that the Phillies could find themselves at the end of the weekend as the second-place team in the National League East, ticket punch for the postseason. It's one of those wild-card teams in the National League, tickets punch for the postseason. Or they could find themselves on the outside looking in at all this and season's over, moving on to 2021. Now, it's going to be a great weekend of baseball. It, it, capt- it capsulates, obviously, with, with COVID and no fans. It's been... You know, it, it's been it's been based. It's been sports. It's been something that we can root for. It's been something we can watch. It's been live entertainment. But as we move into the baseball playoffs, whether or not the Phillies make it or they don't make it, there's just something wrong without baseball playoffs or baseball playoffs without fans. And there's something really wrong without the World Series with the World Series and no fans. I mean, I don't care how you slice it. I don't care care how you justify it. It just it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right, and it certainly does not sound right. But it is what we're, we're dealing with. And there will be a World Series champion in 2020 without fans to watch it. So, at least in person. So, the Phillies, how did we get to this position? How did we get to 28 wins and 29 losses, half a game out of the second-place slot in the National League East, and a game out of the one of the two wild-card spots in the National League? How did we get there? What say you? How did we get there? Well, I'm gonna 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 kind of spin it a little bit and kind of summarize it a little bit because I could spend two hours talking about how we got there. Simply put, we got there this way. Remember, remember back in October of 2019, the Phillies parted ways with with Gabe Kapler. Smart decision, but it should not have stopped there. Matt Clintac and Andy McPhail should have also been receiving their walking papers, and they should have left town as well. They did not. I don't know how much input they had in the Joe Girardi hiring. I don't think they had much. I don't think Matt Clentac was happy that Gabe Kapler got fired. That was Gabe Kapler's guy. He hired Gabe Kapler. But there we were. Joe Girardi's in. Matt Clentac has still got a job. Andy McPhail has still got a job. And now we go about the offseason. Now, in the beginning of the offseason and all the way up to two weeks in the training camp, it was a normal season. It was a regular normal season, normal offseason 
winter meetings, uh, free agency period, signing, and all that. The Phillies addressed a couple of needs in the offseason. They did, and I'll give them that. They went out and found themselves a legitimate number two in Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler has been dynamite for the Phillies this year. Uh, his last start a couple of days ago was not so good, but for the most part, Zach Wheeler has been everything that the Phillies thought he'd be when they signed that big contract. The Phillies also announced on D.D. Gregorius, the uh, free agent yeah, shortstop who last played with the New York Yankees. D.D. has been spectacular. He has been a power-hitting, above-average, contact, defensive above-average, just a dynamo out there for shortstop. It has been – that was also another great move. Um, I, I was kind of leery about that move, but I understood the reasoning behind it. Veteran guy, Girardi, familiar with him from the Yankees. Outstanding move. What the Phillies did not do an adequate job of this offseason was addressing one of the major weaknesses of the 2019, 18, 17, 16, so on and so forth, Philadelphia Phillies. And that was the bullpen. Now, the bullpen. Let's kind of talk about the bullpen for a second, all right? There's nobody in the city of Philadelphia. There's nobody that follows baseball. There's nobody probably on the, on the left moon of Mars that can say that the Philadelphia Phillies didn't need a completely overhaul of their bullpen. One of the reasons, blamed reasons, of the two previous September collapses in 2018 and 2019 was the bullpen and the lack of depth and the lack of quality major league arms. So what did the Phillies do in free agency when it came to addressing the bullpen? Well, I'm going to tell you what they did. They went out and signed the following three free agents, Drew Storen, Bud Norris, and Francisco Lariano. All of these guys are aging, tired veterans who are just looking for another shot to make it with another team. All three of these individuals never made it out of training camp. They never made it out of camp. They were all released during training camp, during pre-pandemic training camp. The Phillies also invited these following non-rosters, non-rostered players, to attend their spring training. Ramon Russo, we know that name, Addison Russ, Zach Moore, Kyle Delty, Tyler Gilbert, Connor Brogdon, James Jones, or Jamin Jones, Jared Lloyd, Pedro Reyes, Edgar Zavenga. Those 10 individuals were also invited to training camp to compete for a roster spot. Connor Brogdon is currently the only player that's still with the Phillies out of that group of 10. And he's actually in the bullpen right now. The rest of them, to include the top three that I read off, are no longer even with the organization. Most of them have been released. A lot of them have returned to the minor league camp. And the bullpen never got addressed. There was, there was some positive, there was some, some speculation that David Robertson and um, Sir Anthony Dominguez would be available to us this year. Well, David Robertson's career is pretty much history with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he had a setback, and he they were projecting that he might return sometime during even during the COVID-shortened season. He'd come back. Didn't happen. His contract, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. His Phillies career, the two years that he was here, is a total of six games appeared. He appeared in six games for this team in two years. Sir Anthony Dominguez 
had Tommy John surgery earlier this year for the same injury that's been nagging him for the last two seasons. So finally, after him sitting on the shelf in 2018 and 2019, they decide in 2020 that he needs Tommy John surgery. So that's going to put him out for another year. I, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't. So the ballpen has been epically bad in 2020. I mean, at one point, they were boasting a collective ERA of over 18. It's down to a seven, which is better. <laughs> Still not what you would want of a team that is competing for a potential um, wild card second place playoff spot, which says a lot about another aspect of this team, and that is the offense. The offense has done well, really well. They've had a um, above average year. Players like Bryce Harper, players like JT Real Muto, who I'll talk a little bit in length here in a second, players like Didi, players like. Um, you know, Gene Segura stepped it up this year, which is surprising. And I'm not a big Gene Segura fan, but he stepped it up. Uh, Adam Hazley, uh, Eric Baum, who's a rookie call-up. I mean, they have had – Andrew Knapp has had a great offensive year. Offensively, this team has been able to score runs. Now, it took them a little while to get into the mix here in 2020. They got off to a slow start offensively, but they began to cook. And they've been hitting above average. The other aspect of this team that has been a surprise to me has been their starting pitching. Aaron Nola has had, a, in all aspects, a bounce-back year from off-2019. Granted, it's a sample size, a 60-game season, but he's pitched really well. As said, Zach Wheeler has been everything advertised. Zach Eflin, that's right. Zach Eflin has emerged as a solid back-of-the-rotation guy. Uh, you know, he will be a very good number four for this team for years to come. The Phillies pulled up Spencer Howard at one point this summer. Spencer hasn't had the greatest um, of first seasons, and now he's kind of on the shelf with an injury. But there's some, there's enough positives to give Spencer an opportunity, and we might have found our number five for at least 2021. Jake Arrieta started the season strong, had about four or five really good quality outings, but the last three that he's had – before he got hurt, he's he's hurt now, and that will probably be the end of Jake Arrieta as he's up, his three years are now done. Uh, so, but all in all, the starting pitching has been very good. Has been very good. Has been a pleasant surprise. Their offense has been a pleasant surprise. Their defense has been average, and their bullpen has been historically epically bad. The, the bullpen has blown 13 games this season. They've blown 13 save opportunities this season. Now, I say the bullpen has. I'm not going to pinpoint one person. I know Brandon Workman, the guy that they traded uh, traded for from the uh, Red Sox in the Nick Pavetta deal and has been inserted as the as the actual closer, has been pretty much the, the scapegoat for the closer issues. But it's not Brandon Workman's responsibility. It is his responsibility, but it's not all his fault. As a collective bullpen, they have blown 13 save opportunities in this 60-game season. 13. By my calculations, that would put the Phillies 12 games above 500. That would probably put the Phillies in first place. Now, no bullpen ever completes an entire season without having some issues when it comes to blowing saves. Got it. So I'll even – let's half that. Give me six. Less than half. Give me six of those wins. Puts the Phillies in a solid spot right now. 
they are still a first place team in the 60 game. They're they are right behind the Atlanta Braves in the in for first place in the NLE. So the epitaph or the um postscript on this Phillies team heading into a potential playoff run here in 2020 is going to be the bullpen. Uh the possibilities of them making the playoffs this year and going up against the juggernaut Dodgers or a team like like that or the Padres uh it would be the you know a, t- a team like that, the bullpen is going to get this team. <laughs> it's going to get them. They're not all of a sudden going to figure it out with three games left in the regular season. The bullpens, the switch ain't going to go on, and they're all going to be like, oh, you know, we were just kind of we're saving the best for last. In all aspects, the bullpen has wasted a pretty, pretty exciting summer here in Philadelphia for baseball. And it's a shame. Now, a lot's going to happen over the course of the next three days. Uh, Tampa is in a vicarious spot. They have nothing technically to play for. They have a potential outside shot at the best, at the number one seed in the American League, but they've wrapped up their division. They are the ALE's champs. So they go into the series with the postseason on their minds. Now, are is there a notion to eliminate competition while you got them? There might be, but they're not going to have to face the Phillies again until the World Series if that's that's the case. Because we're going to go back to that traditional American League, National League uh, playoff format as soon as the season ends. So there could be a ray of a ray of hope here. The Phillies may not get the best in that, that, that the Rays give them. I don't know. But there's going to be a lot to answer for at the end of the season when it comes to Matt Klantak. A man whose job was on the line before the season started. Did nothing really to address the bullpen. I threw out 13 names of individuals who were basically comprised of our of our bullpen, along with some of the, you know, the retreads from last year, the Tommy Hunters, uh, the Hector Neris's, the Vince Velasquez's, who was in and out of the bullpen in the rotation, bang, bang, bang. They just, the Adam Morgans, they just did not, he did not do anything really to address the bullpen. And then we got the JT Real Muto situation. So JT Real Muto, who was acquired by the Phillies prior to the start of the 2019 season, for Sixto Sanchez, a highly touted prospect out of the farm system, and the catcher uh, Alfaro. Okay? Sixto Sanchez has been compared to by Pedro Martinez himself as a young Pedro Martinez. He has burst on the scene in 2020. And he's showing a lot to be very excited for if you're a Miami Marlin fan for the years to come with that guy on the mound. Alfaro is a competent all-star caliber catcher. JT Real Muto is entering free agency at the end of the 2020 season. Back before the pandemic, back during regular spring training, JT expressed a huge desire to remain a Philadelphia Philly. The Phillies have not come close to agreeing to a deal. There's been some talk, some sideways talk from both camps, the Rimuto camp saying that the Phillies have stopped contract negotiations until the end of the season. Matt Klintak made a comment a few days ago, basically stating that he acquired JT Rimuto for two seasons. (laughs) That's, That's what he said. Now, maybe it's taken out of context. I don't know. But this could go down as one of the most epically bad trades 
ever perpetrated by any general manager in Philadelphia Phillies. I'm talking Ryan Sandberg bad, that level of bad, as we get ready to um, enter 2020-21 free agency. So I'm going to talk to Jack Fritz about all this. I'm going to Jack's going to come on here on the back half of this. Uh, so please advance on the part two and check out my um, my interview with Jack. And we're going to get deep into all this: the JT stuff, the Matt Clantag stuff, the season stuff with the Phillies this year, uh, the COVID, the pandemic crew. For those of you who are not wonder wonder who they are, they are a group of Philadelphians who took to the center field gate. Of, of Citizen Bank Park all summer long with air horns and bells and drums and any other noisemaker they could find, and they cheered the Phillies on the only way they could, gaining national attention in the process. They're actually going to have a pandemic crew bobblehead night in 2021. I believe the creators or the organizers of the pandemic crew are going to get their likenesses immortalized in the bobblehead. And that's awesome stuff for uh, for them, those guys. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into the potential. Uh, do the Phillies make the playoffs? Is it even worth it for the Phillies to make the playoffs? Are we looking at a situation where a potential Phillies playoff run could save Matt Klintak's job? Uh, we'll talk about potential uh, replacements for Matt Klintak and what those names might be. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the San Francisco Giants. That's right. Because – as I think about this and as the fact that I see Gabe Kapler and his Giants on the verge of a playoff spot, I mean, would this not be the capper to the 2020 calendar year, the, the worst year in my life? I mean, the worst year in a lot of people's lives. But would this not be the capper that the San Francisco Giants would go on some magical run with that buffoon as manager and capture the World Series in 2020. In any other year, I'd say no way. This year, I say there's a way. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how would how Jack would feel about something like that. And we're going to get into a lot of other things. We're going to talk everything Phillies. As I said, I've been neglectful. I've, I'm sorry. It, it, it's it, I will never let this happen again. Uh, but. We are dedicated to the Phillies tonight. Um, I'm dedicated to talking Phillies baseball. We have a potential playoff. We have, I mean, we have meaningful September baseball. We have a great weekend series where the Phillies could make the playoffs. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. I'll catch up and find out how Jack's been doing since the last time we spoke back in the spring. So just a lot, a lot, a lot to look forward to on the other side of this. So please transfer over to part two. I'll come back and get get with you after the interview, and we'll talk more about the Phillies. All right, we'll see you.